Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Weekend Review. We can do that, right? We're back to normal. It's Weekend Review time on the show. Hi, everybody. Fantasy NBA Today. I'm Dan Baspris. This is a Sports Ethos presentation. We got a lot to cover here on this uh, first of two, I'm hoping, Friday editions of Fantasy NBA Today. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe, most importantly, because today, and if the plan holds, the plan is we're going to start doing little quick hitters, like maybe 10 to 15 minute shows maximum as a second show on certain days, as many days as humanly possible to break down uh, playoff head-to-head matchups, because a lot of folks, their playoffs start uh, on Monday. This show, however, is going to be focused on more of the season-long element of things, which I, I, never, I get it, playoffs are part of a season-long thing, but you guys know what I mean, more of a rest of season, who's a pickup, who's a drop, that kind of stuff. Independent of schedule analysis. That's what these. That's what this Friday show is about. That's what most of our recap shows are about. So it's, you know, Roto Games Cap kind of stuff, head-to-head if you're looking for somebody that you can just hold the rest of the year, that type of deal. So again, please do hit a subscribe button, like, follow, whatever it requires to make sure that you get all the uh, extra stuff we're going to be trying to pump out your way. And before I uh, deep dive our Week 19 review show, I want to tell you guys at the beginning of today's episode, the Baseball Draft Guide is out now. Joe Orico and his incredible team of baseball analysts have put together some uh, the, the, the depth of these articles is... Truly impressive. And you guys know, like, I've read a lot of fantasy stuff over the years. The depth is very impressive. Anthony's dynasty work is out of control. Out of control. But look, I know what you guys want on the baseball side. You guys want rankings, and that's what Joe's got out. Projections are out already. It's broken down by position. And the full Orico 250, the straight rankings, if you're taking that into your baseball draft, that's going to be dropping here shortly as well. Baseball Fantasy Pass starts at 6 bucks a month. If you are already on the NBA Fantasy Pass with us here at Sports Ethos, you can upgrade to the All-Sport to get football and baseball for $1. $1, Bob. $1, Bob. That's it. You can go from basketball or baseball or football. If you have any of those Fantasy Passes, you can upgrade to the All-3 for $1 a month. $1. It's crazy. Hit me up at Dan Vespers on Twitter. Reach out on YouTube, uh, reach out in our forums, reach out on uh, Discord. That link is in the show description. However you want to reach out, write sports, uh, support at sportsethos.com. However you need to get in touch with us. I've been told that you should be able to just upgrade in the system and it'll kick in the discount. But if you're having trouble or if it's not working, you can reach out. We can make sure to get you guys signed up for that. It's a big part of our growth here is to get you guys using all of our stuff so we're making it unbelievably affordable. Let's uh, begin. This is your Week 19 in Review thread. Again, we're going to be covering things from that sort of week-to-week standpoint, not so much the individual schedules. Let's get going. Ads. Only two this week, so I got to use exceptionally large font. <laughs> DeAndre Hunter and Chris Paul. And I don't know that, like, how much explanation do we need on these? It's weird that the, the ads board is going to be probably our shortest explanations also, but you've seen it. 
is effectively the explanation for this. I know that Atlanta got blown out yesterday, so uh, Hunter only had 12 points in 26 minutes. But with Trey Young out, I mean, if you want to call him an injury fill-in, I'm fine with that also. It's not clear that that's what it is. He was kind of coming on anyway. Uh, but Hunter's getting the minutes. He's getting the shots. Again, yesterday's game was a, a rough, rough blowout, or he would have had a few extra minutes. There's just a lot to like. Now, the one thing to keep in mind with a player like Hunter is that things can also dry up pretty fast. A lot of his values tied up in his percentages, which tend to be positive, kind of positive for both. Uh, but look, he's number 106 on the season in 28 minutes of all game, 10 and a half shots a game. That 10 and a half shots is a number that's likely to be higher with uh, Trey Young out. I know he was only at eight yesterday, but again, blowout stuff. Mostly of late, it has been higher. Prior to that, there was a 10, there was an 8, 16, 12, 14. The shot number is higher. The minutes are around 28, and they could go up if he really sort of shows that he's healthy enough to get another small minutes bump. And then Chris Paul, this is one that just needs to be on the list because he's back. And again, like a lot of this is because this is a week-to-week show. We haven't had a uh, we haven't had a Friday weekend review show since before the All-Star break because of coming back and then only having this sort of one day of games last week before Friday. And then the Chris Paul news broke on, what, Tuesday, I think? Monday or Tuesday? So that's why he's in there. This is the most obvious one on planet Earth. This is Chris Paul we're talking about. Again, even if he's not getting the massive usage that he's had in the past, he's still Chris Paul. He's still number 85 in nine cat leagues. I sat on him anywhere I could. He's going to be elite in assists. He's going to be solid in steals. And then we just have to continue to hope that the field goal percent comes up from 42 and a half. But even if it doesn't, he's still a 12-team 9-cat guy, and you just sort of play him. So this was the easy board. What about the harder ones? Let's go to strong holds next. And I broke down the holds into strong and weak holds this week because I felt like it was easier than me trying to explain uh, what like how how much I wanted to hold each individual player. So here are your strongholds, and these are the ones where I don't think we need to explain it as much because I feel like there's going to be decent consensus on it. Clay Thompson, stronghold. He's played well since coming off the bench. Uh, he's never going to get back to you know old-fashioned Clay, but he's been a start. Aaron Neesmith is a stronghold. He was great before he got hurt, and it sounds like he could be back as soon as tonight. Trey Jones, kind of up and down. I'll give you that. The Trey Jones experience in San Antonio started very poorly. He went on a pretty good run. He's kind of kicked it back into gear over the last week or so. Uh, so that's elevated his numbers. He's shooting like 70% over the last five games. That's one of the big reasons why you've seen things kick into high gear for him. But that's the thing. Sometimes he'll have a week, week and a half where he shoots the ball well. Sometimes it'll cool a tad. In general, the assists, the steals... The sort of combination of percentages and not a whole lot else is usually going to be enough to get him into that department. But again, I don't think people were dropping. Grayson Allen had one off game. Absolutely no reason to drop there. Keontae George is both a hold and a sell when you can guy because he's shooting a high volume 37% over the last couple of weeks. And that's tanking teams. But he's scoring. He's getting assists. He's getting threes. Uh, so what you kind of have to hope for here is that at some point he does have a spell where he shoots 47% for a week or two weeks or 50% for a week or whatever it is. 
And then you're like, oh, okay, I got my window. Because when he does that on 13, 14, 15 shots a game or whatever he's getting these days, you're looking at a guy that could put up like a 20 and 7 kind of night with three three-pointers, and people are going to want that because they're going to start to think, oh, this is just what's going to happen now. But no, we're clever. We are clever. We know what's what. Denny Avdia is a stronghold. Trey Mann is a stronghold, kind of in the same vein as uh, Keontae George, but with slightly less impactful field goal percent dip because he's not uh, shooting as much as George is. So Mann is a, probably a little bit of an easier asset to hold on to and or move. Marvin Bagley is a stronghold. He was a soft hold about two games back, and then he started to rev it back up again. Herb Jones, very stronghold. He's in there. I don't even know why he's on this list. Uh, Asar Thompson is a stronghold. The fact that he still got minutes even after Isaiah Stewart came back was a good sign for him moving down the stretch. And then maybe the hardest one in this whole category is Isaiah Hartenstein. Because the latest report on him is that he's still dealing with the Achilles soreness, which, I mean... Like, you look at any box score uh, or watch him move, and it's pretty obvious that there's stuff going on. The problem, of course, is, like, you can't play him against a games cap because he might just play 20 minutes, or he might play nine minutes on one night if the Achilles is kind of acting up a little bit. I'm on it, like, this feels a little bit like malpractice, doesn't it? You play a guy on a sore Achilles, what, like, what's to stop that thing from just popping loose in a week if I'm Ardenstein and I'm going into I think he's I think he's a unrestricted free agent at the end of this year I like I'm telling somebody look I want to win as much as the next guy I get it Mitchell Robinson's out and Julius Randle's out and if I'm not playing even a little bit then we got no size at all but like I got a whole career to think about if he blows out his Achilles and has to miss all of next season that's going to cost him like probably tens of millions of dollars and that's probably one of the reasons that he's not extending himself too far in these games, is if he did, he's at risk of maybe blowing that thing out. But you got to hold on because we've seen what he can do, and I know the Knicks are hoping to get Mitchell Robinson back, but there's no indication that that's super close to happening. And we just have to kind of hope that for Hardenstein, this thing mellows over the next week or two weeks or whatever it is. And it, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but like you can't put that guy on the waiver wire. He's too good. The soft hold board is much shorter. Daniel Gafford, Derek Lively in Dallas because they both had decent ball games with no Maxi Kleba. But when Kleba's in, all three of those guys were terrible. And that's super annoying. But it's also super exactly what we just saw happening. So again, like, I would love to try to hold on to these guys. I'm going to try desperately. I have Daniel Gafford in a couple of spots. You know that he was on the old man squad. Um, and he was destroying everyone for the first four months of this year. But if it's really going to be a three-headed monster, then at some point we'd have to move on. And I'll try to give it a little bit longer. Same thing for Derek Lively. I'll try to give it a little bit longer, but it can't be indefinite. If it's really going to be mix and match time in Dallas, which feels a little bit silly, like you should probably have your guy, but they don't. And then Trey Murphy... Uh, the third, which I believe is now considered redundant because Trey is the third. That's Junior Junior. That's how it goes. Senior, Junior, and then a lot of folks go by Trey when you're the third of something. I believe his first name is actually Ken. Am I getting that right? I know that was the case for uh, 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. By the way, common misconception, the Griffies are not named Ken. They're named George. Did you guys know that about the Griffies? George Kenneth Griffey, senior, junior, and then there is indeed a Trey in that family as well. I think he was playing football at Arizona like six years ago. I don't know what he's doing now. Uh, anyway, so Trey Murphy, Ken Murphy the third, whatever you want to call him, uh, he still had a good ball game last time out, but the Pels ran extraordinarily small. Jonas Valanciunas just basically didn't play in that ball game. He had like eight minutes, and then Larry Nance had like twenty, and so there were these extra center minutes that went to Zion, and so uh, that allowed Trey to slide in and get his wing minutes into the thirties, which. I mean, prior to that ball game, anytime the team was fully healthy, which they basically are right now, minus, you know, a couple of guys that were not severely impacting uh, the Trey Murphy playing time, then Trey was playing around 25, 26 minutes a game, which was fringe fantasy value. He was, he was frankly going to be a member of the Doesn't Matter Club, but his minutes jumped when C.J. McCollum went down. Uh, and his minutes will jump any time that Zion takes a game off. And then they jumped just due to matchups in this last one. So he's on this roll right now for a variety of reasons. But if none of those reasons happens in the next ballgame, he, he immediately drops back to kind of that doesn't matter group, which if I had to guess, you probably see it in their next ballgame, which is that tonight? They play tonight? They are. They're hosting the uh, Pacers. Five o'clock Pacific start time. So those are your soft holds. Here's the guys that I'm scared or nervous about or I'm dropping. And I'm putting Ben Simmons on this list every week until the end of time. Until the sun swallows us all. Ben Simmons is not fantasy rosterable. He is a broken down mule who's trying to prove that he still has something in the tank when he doesn't. His body just cannot take the punishment anymore and maybe someday in a magical universe maybe that universe is next year I don't know maybe there's a time where he gets back up to high 20s 30s whatever it was because he played that in what a couple of ball games to start this year a couple of ball games to start last year but then how long before it all comes apart I had the over under at five games I don't even know if we can call it like did we even get five games out of him since coming back I know he's played in them but has he really played in them drop him stop hanging on to this nonsense Boyan Bogdanovich in New York he's a drop Simone Fontecchio in Detroit he's a drop I don't think you guys need me to go into excruciating detail on those guys do you nah Brandon Pajemski is teetering Bad ball game yesterday. Andrew Wiggins is out indefinitely due to personal reasons. So I'm inclined to try to give Pajemski a little bit longer because it was like, okay, well, Chris Paul comes back, then he takes pods minutes, but then we didn't have Wiggins going out in that handicap. So those minutes come back in, but Moses Moody's taking a bunch of those because they don't want to go too small. And ultimately it, it probably just means there's kind of not enough guard work left for Pajemski. It's all just hustle play at this point, which is great, but there needs to be something on top of that. It can't just be a few rebounds and a steal. There has to be a point or a pass or something. And then Amin Thompson is the other one on this uh, nervous board. I'm going to give him one more chance. It does seem like now with Jalen Green playing a little bit better last couple of ball games that that's meant that Thompson doesn't have nearly enough 
room to... I mean, he's going to need to get into the 20s to have fantasy value. And if Green is playing in the mid-30s, then there just sort of isn't enough there. Watch list. But before we get to the watch list, I want to remind you guys one time here, mid-episode, to come hang with your pal Dan over on social media, at Dan Bespris. And please, if you're enjoying this, and if there's somebody watching today, today for the very first time, which, by the way, would be awesome. Uh, It'd be nice to know if people are finding this show in March as they sort of head towards their fantasy playoffs or whatever's going on. Please do hit that subscribe button. That is unquestionably the largest thing you can do. And check out our pals at manscaped.com. Can you see how much better I look today? Look at look at the neck. It's cleaned up. Cheeks are cleaned up. The out-of-bounds hairs, they're all, they've been taken care of. I really want to push, I know they want me to push the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, but um, I really like the Handyman. This has been the coolest thing. So look, like the first Lawnmower, amazing. The Lawnmower 3 has been my favorite. I'll say that. I, that's one that I still keep around and I use a bunch. Um... But, you know, difference between lawnmowers, I'll be honest with you guys, small, there are differences, but I don't. I didn't feel like I needed the lawnmower 4 when I had the 3. It was working fine. It's a great, absolutely great tool. This I didn't have. This is just a straight electric razor. I hadn't bought one of those in a really long time because I mostly just shave with a sideburn trimmer because I'm extremely lazy and my personal hygiene is lacking. And then they sent this bad boy out, which is just so cool. Uh, it's just this little capsule. Looks like a pill almost. Uh, and pop, there's the top, comes right off. It's magnetized, so it's not going to fall off unless you give it a pretty good pull. And you can see this, give it a little bit, and then there you go, a little bit more to get that top off. And it's just like it's an actual electric razor, which is so great that they make these bad boys now. And I wouldn't recommend using this on your whole face or whole body all the time, but like for... For cleaning up around facial hair, it's really been a wonderful thing to add to the arsenal around this place. Anyway, go check out manscaped.com. Promo code there is ethos20. Ethos, E-T-H-O-S, 2-0. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping on your order at manscaped.com. All right, let's get back to the watch list. There's a lot of names on here, and these actually probably do require a little bit of attention, or at least a few of them do, to kind of let you guys know how we arrived at this destination. Uh, Jordan Goodwin is on the watch list. He's on a two-way deal, so he can't play every single ball game, and that's frustrating. And honestly, that makes him probably a guy you just simply can't add on the head-to-head side unless we somehow find out that he's actually going to just play in like a dozen straight ball games uh, and not take you know not take zeros in between. When he was on his 10-day... He was playing, but then, you know, every other game he would skip it, and it was never a guarantee. And, you know, two hours before game time, we get the word that he's going to start or something like that. That obviously makes it a simpler call, but you might have to use a move to get him and then use a move to get off of him in head-to-head if he's going to just skip the next ball game. Roto, I can make a pretty good case, I think, that Jordan Goodwin could just be thrown onto your bench, and then when he starts, you just drop him into the lineup, sort of the Al Horford play this year. I've kept him on my bench in two Roto leagues basically the entire season for every uh, back-to-back Boston's had or every game that Kristaps missed for injury or Jalen Brown took a day off or Tatum took a day off or White or Drew or whatever. And so then Horford ended up with, you know, whatever, I don't remember the number now, like 20 starts so far this year. 
and puts up top 60 type of numbers in those, that's really, that's pretty useful. And there will probably be a handful more. And he was basically a waiver wire pickup. But a very hard one to use on the head-to-head side, especially because he took off half of the back-to-backs himself. Anyway, we're not talking about Horford. We're talking about Goodwin. I just think we might be able to use him the same way, which is Roto Stash, head-to-head, probably avoid. Santi Aldama is on my watch list. It sounds like JJJ is going to miss Memphis's next ball game. Is this the beginning of the end? No, probably not. Uh, Memphis just has kind of a loaded schedule uh, over this little stretch. They're a back-to-back today, tomorrow with Portland. And then they basically go every other day until March 12th and 13th. You'll see JJJ skip one of those. And then he'll probably play until the last two weeks or so. Uh, and then maybe you'll get a, a bigger clump of Aldama at that point. So right now, spot playing is the way to go. Uh, can't really be considered a full ad. Grant Williams bouncing back and forth between making a bunch of three-pointers and not. his. I don't think his fantasy game supports everyday rostership because of how lean his fantasy game is without three-pointers. So, eh, a perma-watch list guy. Kelly Olenek, I wish. Uh, every time I say I wish, I want to quote The Simpsons. I wish, I wish, I hadn't killed that fish. Kelly Olenek is not, sadly, going to be a thing until Jakob Pearl misses some time, which may be never, or possibly the very end of the season. Sad face over here, but that's the truth of it. Taylor Hendricks in Utah, his minutes have definitely increased into the mid to high 20s, but we haven't really seen enough fantasy stuff yet to put him on a roster. Bull Bull, same thing, but probably needs Nurk to not play to be a functional player daily. Corey Kispert has been real damn close, and uh, we've talked about him a bunch on this podcast, and I've been yelled at, frankly, for talking about Kispert too much on the show. Uh, but he looks confident these days. He's number 87 over the last two weeks, which by all accounts means he's a guy you could add, although he did get a couple of spot starts in there. But he came off the bench yesterday and had 20 points. And each game, last two games in a row, he shot exactly 8 out of 15 for 20 points. One of them, he made a couple of free throws. The other, he had an extra couple of three-pointers. But he's hitting threes. Uh, he's making free throws. He's been pretty good lately. Um... Uh, and so I think you could probably roster Kispert in most formats right now because he gets you threes on a good field goal percent, and that's not easy to find. He's better than people give him credit for. He's on an awful team. You know, there's no denying that nonsense, but you could probably call him an ad if you wanted to. He's like right at the top edge of watch list. Karis LeVert had a big ball game in there, or whatever that was, seven overtimes. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's he basically it doesn't almost mattered. It doesn't matter almost what he does. I'm almost definitely not putting him on my roster. I just, I can't. It's this Santi Aldama thing, too, where, like, maybe, at least with Levert, we kind of know what his percentages are, so we can make the call easier. With Aldama, we don't know as well. But I just, it's so hard for me to go full bore into guys that are bad in both percentages. Because I play 9-cat. The Clippers man, that's Terrence man, not Trey, is on the watch list, mostly because we've seen this thing. He wakes up for two weeks, he disappears for two months. It happens twice every year and has for like three seasons in a row now. Duop Reith is on the watch list, not because of anything that I think is about to like shift in his fantasy game, but mostly because we're waiting to find out if DeAndre Ayton's going to miss more than a game or two with this wrist injury. And frankly, even if he does, we're waiting to find out if we can put Reith in the injury fill-in board. 
Because the last time that Aiton was out, Reith was only good like one out of every three ball games. So it's not a guarantee that he's even a safe injury replacement. So right now he's a watch list, see what happens. And if he looks like a safe injury play, then we'll move him into that part of the board, which is coming up here in a moment. But first, Tumani Kamara. He put up a decent line for the Blazers in their last one. Um, I don't have a whole lot of faith that that's going to stick, but you can at least watch list him. The Stream While Warm board got P.J. Washington added to it. He's now a, a member of the Stream While Warm contingent, along with Bobby Portis, Jordan Clarkson, R.J. Barrett, Kevin Herter, and Malik Monk, who kind of alternate, Jeremy Sohan, and Jalen Green. Those are the Stream While Warmers. If you're wondering if some name is missing, the answer is yes. That name is Nas Reed because he's been temporarily placed in the injury fill-in board with uh, Kyle Anderson out, and then Nas will likely return to the stream while warm contingent when the Wolves get healthy once again. The brand new Doesn't Matter Club. I know you guys are all very excited about this one, which is the most possible excitement you could ever have about a page that doesn't matter. The players currently on the Doesn't Matter Club, Max Struess, Gary Trent Jr., Sadiq Bey, these are guys that no matter what happens over the course of every two ball games, over every 10, they're going to be right in that doesn't matter window, which in my eyes is between picks roughly 105, 110, and about 140. You can play them. You can not play them. They'll help your head-to-head -head team if they're healthy enough to go. They won't really help your Roto team all that much, but it'll keep you from falling behind against the games cap. They'll get you whatever it is for Struess, a couple threes, some boards, a few assists on not great field goal percent. Gary Trent will get you some threes, maybe a couple of steals. Who the hell did I just say was on here? Who's the last one? Sadiq Bey. He'll get you some threes on bad field goal percent, but he'll also get you some rebounds. Like, it shouldn't surprise anybody that when you look at the numbers here, Sadiq Bey is ranked 129 on the year. Struess is 118. Trent is on the season much lower than that, but lately he's more like in that 130 range. This is just who these guys are. It's who they are in their current role. Admittedly, for Struess, this is a lot better than any of us expected. Playable, and he was a lot better than this for a long part of the season. Then he went through an ungodly shooting slump, but he's kind of leveled off. And we'll probably continue to add players to this doesn't-matter board as the season winds down here. But it is something I'd like to carry over into next year, because I think there's going to be a bunch of guys like this. If, we, if we're kind of starting to isolate them earlier in the year, I think this board would have filled out quicker, but ultimately that doesn't matter. And here is your uh, hefty injury replacement board. We'll give you the names. We'll give you who they're replacing. And then we will wrap things up. Ayo Desunmu continues to replace guys that are out. And with these guys just out for the year, I suppose I could just call him a rest of season guy. And he doesn't need to be here anymore because Levine ain't coming back. Patrick Williams ain't coming back. So, sure. Ayo Desunmu, call him a rest of season guy. I think... Still, we need to classify him as an injury replacement because he's never done it with those uh, other guys healthy. And in my mind, it's a better way to keep things organized. Andre Drummond, all of the above, plus Alex Caruso. If Caruso plays Drummond, that's the one that it's attached to right now. Royce O'Neal with Bradley Beal and Eric Gordon out. Josh Hart with OG Ananobi out. Precious Achua with Julius Randle out. Paul Reed and Kelly Oubre Jr. with Joel Embiid and now DeAnthony Melton again, both out. Al Horford, nobody's out for Boston. 
as far as I know, in this ballgame. But I'm just keeping him on the perma-injury replacement board. Nick Richards. By the way, he's an injury replacement, but he's also kind of in the doesn't matter group. Malik Beasley for Chris Middleton. Duncan Robinson for Tyler Hero. Reggie Jackson's a maybe for Jamal Murray. I put him on the list, but he's very much a maybe. Dennis Schroeder and Cam Johnson for Ben Simmons and Cam Thomas. I would assume that if Cam Thomas comes back, it probably ruins both of those guys because of how much usage he uses. Ben Simmons, hard to tell if he ruins either of them. I think he would probably knock Schroeder out quicker because Simmons is sort of more your point guardy type where Cam Thomas is firing away. Nas Reed is on this board with uh, Slow-Mo out, and Benedict Matherin is on this board with Aaron Neesmith out, although it sounds like that one might be evaporating here uh, as soon as later today. And that is your week in review. We're a hustling man. One question in the chat room that I want to get to is, what about beef stew? Isaiah Stewart has garbage fantasy game. Yes, it's true. It's true. No one uh, seems to notice because he gets a few rebounds and hits a three-pointer from that power forward spot. But he played 31 minutes a game before his injury. And he was number 192 in 9-cat. Bad field goal percent, bad free throw percent. Uh, not very few assists, not a ton of defensive stats, just very, I mean, 11 points per game, not enough to float value there. 11 and seven with one and a half threes is fine. If that's the only stuff you're attacking, but he is a long way off from fantasy value. The only way that he climbs would be if the number of shots per game goes up, which is possible because again, they got rid of Boyan Bogdanovich and they got rid of Alec Burks, but you know, we're talking about a guy that averaged eight and a half shots per game. How how much do we really think that could move? Nine and a half, ten? That still doesn't get him close enough. He's going to need to get up to a dozen, I would think. And I really don't see that happening. Could his 31 minutes go to 33? I mean, all these little things could add up to get him into that doesn't matter group. But that, to me, is kind of a best case scenario. Unless his fantasy game dramatically changed during this last injury, which, spoiler... It didn't. It just doesn't. And uh, that'll wrap it up for uh, the week in review edition of Fantasy NBA Today. Again, I have grand designs of getting a streamer episode going. That'll probably be first thing in the afternoon. Just a little quick hitter to kind of get you settled for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then rolling into Monday, which is likely the start of a playoff week for a lot of you. Anybody that sets up your own leagues, I know I was doing it. I'm pretty sure that Josh was talking about it. A lot of analysts these days are making a concerted effort to tell people, start your playoffs six weeks before the end of the regular season so you lop off the final three weeks. So if you're getting going, we'll have these shows to sort of help you out. And frankly, even if you're fighting for a playoff spot, you'll probably enjoy these streamer discussions because it's about how to maximize games played and how to be pretty cutthroat with the guys on your own team. So battling for a playoff spot, uh, already in one, playoff starting, all that stuff is going to be a head-to-head only special show, hopefully daily, or at least Monday through Friday, between now and my aim is like the last week of the season. But at that point, you sort of don't need it anymore because everybody's in overload mode, uh, and most head-to-head leagues should. I know Yahoo's not, which is horrible. I don't think I can be in a Yahoo head-to-head league again next year. Uh, those are not. Uh, Thank you for watching, everybody. Thank you for liking, rating, subscribing, following, retweeting, quote-tweeting, 
joining Discord, whatever it might be, all of that stuff remains very appreciated. Shout out again to our baseball guys who have that draft guide going. Hit me up if you want to upgrade your Fantasy Pass NBA to an all-sport or just jump aboard, man. Go get the ranks. They're going to be awesome. Baseball guys are crushing it right now, and I see a few of you already have, so that makes me very happy. Uh, something like maybe four or five of you have reached out to me to upgrade your, your NBA to all-sport. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. The beauty part is if you think it through, like if you upgrade now, that'll take you into the NBA draft guide at the end of this. Like baseball season will take you into the start of NBA. And if you get that all-sport now, if you upgrade for the $1, we're not going to change that price. You can lock that in forever as long as you don't turn it off. By the way, the NBA Fantasy Pass is probably going to go up by a dollar for next year. So if you get the All-Sport now, you'll have all three major sports probably for the same price as NBA alone next year. It's a no-brainer. I'll talk to you guys later today. Or on social. Or both. Heaven forbid. Clutches pearls. Bye-bye, everybody. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.